Hurrah. No one cares. Everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix, and today we're going to be looking at The Huntsman Winter's War, which is the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman, which we've previously looked at. Now, this came out in 2015, and I'm assuming that at some point in 2014, the following conversation occurred. Someone at Universal sat down and said, hey, you know Disney's new movie Frozen? That's doing big business. How do we cash in on that? And someone else stuck their hand up and went, hey, how about we add Ice Lady to our existing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs franchise? First person says, yes, that's a great idea. And then we have this movie, which you'd think I'd like twice as much because it has two witches in it, but it's okay. <laughs> Let's start there. So uh, I watched this today. I'm going to trigger warn for infanticide because it's a major plot point. Uh, but everything else is fairly okay. Can't really see any other trigger warnings that I need to give there. And my first question when I wanted to like sit down and watch this movie was when the fuck is this meant to be set? Because Ravenna is on the front cover and so is the Huntsman, but it's like... She's meant to be dead as of Snow White, so is this a prequel or a sequel? Which one is it? Broadly speaking, the answer to both of those questions is yes, because it is both. So essentially we start off with some narration, which I think is Liam Neeson. I didn't care about it enough to Google it, but it sounded a lot like him, and that that's some big balls to get Liam Neeson to, to narrate your movie. But there we go. Uh, it basically says, like, we all know the story of Snow White, but here is a story that came before, and also, I guess, after. And then we launch into a flashback where Ravenna is doing as Ravenna does, killing people and taking their kingdoms. Uh, she beats a king at chess, and he drops dead on the board. She's crowned queen of his kingdom, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la. She then introduces us to her sister, Freya, who's played by Emily Blunt. And you may remember that in the origin story of Ravenna, which was shown in the Snow White and the Huntsman movie, she had a brother who was with her at the time that she was a child and, and given the powers that she is using in this movie. No, you don't remember that because that didn't happen. That has been retconned. So essentially we're told that all the women in Ravenna's bloodline and this obviously includes her sister Freya, have a magical ability. And this ability is a great power, but different for all of them. And Freya's has yet to reveal itself. So we're also told that with the mirror, Ravenna is invincible, which is slightly retconning her entire origin story where she was made so that her beauty would be her power and such and such forth. And I guess I always figured that the mirror was kind of an add-on to that. Like she just had it like you have a diabetes checking machine to just keep tabs on how her beauty was doing. But apparently this mirror is kind of the source of her power, is it, the thought for this movie. It's, it's connected to it in some way. So, mirror important. She gives a little speech to Freya about, you know, how she's going to come into her power. But she also notices at the coronation, where, you know, she gets the crown for this kingdom she's stolen, that the guy who plays Merlin in BBC's Merlin, who I never learned the name of, like in the film, so I'm just going to call him Merlin. 
uh, is is eyeing Freya up, and Freya is eyeing him back. And Ravenna says that this is Freya's weakness, her her love, and she says that sooner or later you're going to give up this weakness and you're going to come into your power. And Freya is very certain of Merlin's love for her. Ravenna then reveals that she knows that Freya is pregnant, which Freya didn't know. And Freya kind of re-ups on her he loves me, he really does plot uh, by saying that although Merlin is pledged to marry someone else, I don't know who, um, he will give that person up and marry her and legitimise that child. And Ravenna's like, no, that's not going to happen because men be fucking... I'm kind of with Ravenna on this one, but Freya assumes she knows better. And it does for a minute seem like she's going to be right because she gets a letter from Merlin saying, I love you now that you've had our daughter. So I'm guessing this is sometime later. And come to the garden at night so that we can marry in secret. So she goes to the garden at night so that they can marry in secret. And then she notices that the tower where she lives is on fire. And then when she gets back there, there's just like a smoking ruin in the cradle. Like the baby is a hungry man dinner that she left on for too long. And Ravenna's like, told you. And they're arresting Merlin, who's like, I had to do it. I had to do it. And she requires no further explanation before she hulks out and turns him to literal ice. Because she has ice powers. Let it go, bitch. Anywho, we then get a little bit more of Freya's origin story. She goes to the north. She rounds up a bunch of kids, uh, tells them that love isn't real and that monogamy is a lie, and then turns them all into her child army of huntsmen. So all of her army are called huntsmen, and we watch them grow up. And sure enough, one of them is Thor from the first movie, whose real name is Eric. I don't think we ever learned his name in the first movie, but... He didn't look like an Eric, so I'm just going to call him The Huntsman. Uh, but we also meet another girl whose name is Sarah, which is the name that he said was his dead wife's name in, in the Snow White movie. So this relationship's not going to end well. We're also introduced to another character who's just kind of like the only other Huntsman we have a name for. His name is Toll, and he just seems to be like their buddy who they never talk to. They don't really have a lot of interactions with him as a child, but... He, he was front and centre when he got the whole love is a lie speech. So, I, you know, I'm guessing he's going to be important later. We see them getting trained and growing up through this, like, combat montage. And it very quickly becomes clear when they're, like, grown up that Eric and Sarah are in love and are hiding this terribly. They've already been told, like, the one law of the land is if you fall in love, the penalty is death. So they go around carrying on, like, fucking lovesick rabbits in front of everybody. And they get spied on by an owl made of ice, which is like Emily Blunt's familiar. And she finds out about it. She's not best pleased. Uh, so Sarah gives Eric her necklace and is like, this was my mother's necklace and I'm giving it to you. And that means we're married now. Let's run away together in the morning. This plan has been incredibly poorly thought out and executed even worse because obviously they get caught and cornered by every other huntsman that's at this giant fucking ice palace. Elsa herself comes out to be like, oh, if you love each other, you can go. You just have to reach each other first. And then they have to fight all of the huntsmen, which they do and they win somehow. Uh, but Emily Blunt's not having this. She makes an ice wall between them and through it, Eric sees Sarah gets stabbed in the back by Toll. And he's summarily knocked unconscious after being told, ha, love sucks. Uh, and then Toll doesn't kill him. He just chucks him in a river and leaves him for dead because they're best friends. 
uh, and then the huntsman's gone. We're then told that it's seven years have passed, and in that seven years, we have now had the Snow White Huntsman movie. So Ravenna's dead, Snow White's queen, the Huntsman's just chilling in the forest, and we're seeing a very different side of the Huntsman at this point, because the Huntsman's basically now doing that thing that Chris Hemworth does in movies that he's in. He's just like kind of a lovable doofus who is unable to be killed. Um, so unlike in the first movie where he was kind of gritty and he didn't really have a lot of like humour because, you know, his wife was dead. Now, apparently, because Snow White's queen, he's all happy and fun again. So we're introduced to him. Uh, we also see the magic mirror being carried away by wagons and soldiers because it was bad. It still looks like a giant silent bowl, which is funny. Uh, but unfortunately, during the taking it somewhere safe procedure, it becomes uncovered and whispering comes out of it and bad shit goes down. The Huntsman, meanwhile, has been attacking some hunters who are killing baby deer in the forest because he is soft-hearted and lovely, and this is the way we're going to show that. He then gets um, cornered, I guess, by King William, who married Snow White, and who I guess they could get back for this film instead of Snow White, uh, because we only see her from the back in a flashback. Uh, so basically he says that the mirror made Snow White a bit mad, and we see her, like, screaming in front of it with all this, like, dead animals and butterflies and stuff on the ground which is like a, a weird way to roll back the happy ending of the previous movie uh, but he says basically they need to take it to that fairy magic bullshit place that they went to in that first movie so that the evil in it can't escape and do more evil things but unfortunately they've lost it and he wants the huntsman to go and find it the huntsman sees that they're being spied on by an ice owl and breaks it and now he knows that Freya is going to be coming for her sister's mirror and so he vows to, like, go and get it. And they send two dwarfs with him because I guess they couldn't afford all of the dwarfs in the previous movie. Just Nick Frost. And they sub in another dwarf who I think is Rob Brydon. Um, so he gets two dwarfs for his epic adventure and they go off to try and track this fucking mirror. Freya, meanwhile, we see her talking to Toll. She's not satisfied with the kingdoms of the north, which she has now completely conquered. She wants to conquer the south. Um, because I guess she's Abraham Lincoln as well as Elsa. And basically, Toll seems to be despairing at this point because she is not happy with anything. She's constantly sending them out on battle after battle after battle. She will never be satisfied. So we see that he's not entirely happy with her either. They're sent off to find the mirror. And we cut back to the Huntsman and his two dwarves, which is the less successful fairy tale, um, tracking the mirror, essentially. They find the cavalcade of knights that were previously accompanying it and discover that they killed each other because mirror evil, bad. They also find what I thought was an arrow because it was like a short stick sticking in someone with a bit of metal on the end. And that to me is an arrow, but we're later told it's a spearhead, which appears to be made of like weird molten-ish gold that's just been kind of splashed into a point shape with a big ass diamond in it. Uh, they discover that this must be a clue because who else would leave that lying around but someone they can track by it, I guess. Uh, and they go off into the woods to try and find whoever is making this arrow. It's basically a pointless excuse for them to go into the woods and get captured by people who actually know what's going on because they didn't seem to have a plan for finding out where the Speary thing came from. But there you go. They go into the woods and uh, they stop at an inn because 
they're just trying to do the first Lord of the Rings movie, I guess. But a bunch of huntsmen come in and there's a fight. They beat the huntsman quite soundly and he's about to be executed by them when he is saved by a masked figure who's good at all the things that Sarah's good at and yay, it's her. She fights off all of the other huntsmen and then reveals that it's her and knocks the huntsman out. I wish I'd given him a different name. Uh, but when he wakes up, she's pissed because she says that he turned around and left her during the fight. And we get a little flashback where we realise that Emily Blunt was doing some chicanery with this ice wall. She made it look like he left her and also made him think that she was dead. So she tried to overcome love with lies and it nearly worked. Sarah isn't believing any of his excuses. She thinks that he's just, you know, trying to wiggle out of stuff. But eventually they decide to go and try and find the mirror together because she says she's been jailed for seven years and has since escaped because it's that easy to escape from the Ice Queen. Push X to doubt. They go and try and trace the arrow. Again, it's not really clear how they're going to do that, but it doesn't matter because they get snatched up in a net, just like what happened with the dwarves in the first movie. And it's two lady dwarves who have caught them who then say that the diamond and gold arrow slash spear is from goblins which are totally real and they want to go and do a heist on said goblins and if the others help them they can have the mirror so this is sort of like oceans 11s now and we're like off to steal the mirror they take a little boat down the river to get to goblin country and there's some flirting which i'm just going to tell you was there and then move on they find some dead goblins and cross a bog and then find the mirror the goblins also killed each other so they all elect to not look into the mirror which is a smart move they then get attacked by some goblins anyway who i'm guessing were immune to the mirror or just weren't caught up in the goblin massacre unclear how so many of them survived but they're attacked by goblins there's a lot of fight sceniness and then Sarah realises that Eric, the huntsman, is still wearing the necklace that she gave him. And therefore his love is eternal and real. So they have a little moment. He then sacrifices himself so that the rest of them can get away. And then she saves him. So all's lovey and well with the world. They reach magical fairy bullshit land, but they're not in the middle of it. They need to reach, I guess, like the capital of magic fairy bullshit land where that big white deer lives for the mirror to be contained i guess they say it's like two hours away but sarah insists that they stop and camp for the night because she's up to no good they do the frick fractional snack because of all the self-sacrificing bullshit that went on but then in the morning ice creeps over the forest and freya arrives because sarah is a double agent and evil uh, freya is riding some sort of polar bear wear cap thing though which is kind of cool she delivers this speech about how love is pointless and stupid and she can't believe Eric fell for it again and then tells Sarah to kill him. So she fires an arrow at him and he goes down, uh, which is, you know, sad, I guess. Two of the four dwarves get turned into ice sculptures and carted away. There is like a whole bunch of just dwarf love story plot line that I'm cutting out because who gives a shit? But the two that are in love with each other get turned into ice and dragged away. Uh, and the two that remain pick chris hemsworth up and then obviously discover that he's not dead because sarah shot the necklace and not him so it's pretty clear that she is still in love with him and didn't want to kill him they decide to launch a three-man effort to depose her which i expect to go off without a hitch 
Freya arrives home with the mirror. She hangs it up and does that whole, like, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I pretty? Tell me all. Um, and then a sort of gold man starts to come out of the mirror, like we've seen in the first movie. And she seems to think that it's going to show her what she can become. So when it starts to form a woman from the feet up, she is not alarmed until it becomes obvious that it's Charlize Theron, who has come out of the mirror. Uh, Ravenna reveals that she's not actually alive or dead. She's between alive or dead in a place I like to call sequel convenient purgatory. Um, but she wants basically to use Freya's army to recapture the southern kingdoms so that she can kill Snow White. So her goals really haven't changed. And Freya seems upset by the fact that her older sister has just come out of a shiny disc and t taken over everything. We get a brief cut back to the Huntsman who's still on his way north and then like five seconds later when we cut back to Freya and Ravenna, Ravenna is wearing a completely different outfit and a big gold crown and sitting in the throne and it feels like a lot of time has passed but that isn't really communicated in the movie. It feels like she just put on a different dress and a hat in the two seconds we weren't looking at her. But there we go. It's pretty clear, again, that Freya resents Ravenna and her efforts to take control. And Ravenna says cryptically, but not so cryptically, I made you what you are. So hold on to that, ladies and gentlemen, for the obvious twist that is coming. Everyone arrives at the Ice Palace and the dwarves infiltrate it by pretending to be the next group of children to be brought into the Ice Palace. Um, meanwhile, the Huntsman tries to just like climb up a massive cliff and then drop onto the Ice Palace, which works. Freya assembles her Huntsman to address them, and before we've seen her being quite confident, like, you're going to go out and conquer and do my bidding, but now she seems like she doesn't want to be sending them. She's having real trouble with the speech. She doesn't want to send them on this fight against the Southern Kingdoms, and she says, like, the Southern Kingdoms have never lost a war, so it feels like she is unwilling to send them to certain death and this constitutes growth on her part. The Huntsman meanwhile has snuck into an upper gallery and takes a shot at her with a crossbow but Ravenna appears and catches the bolt so he's like oh shit she's back. Sarah decides that this is her moment, takes a stab at Freya and gets her arm turned into ice for her trouble. Freya then condemns both of them to death for the crime of being in love, and Ravenna is egging her at this point. It's kind of obvious that Freya doesn't really want to kill them. She's having a big crisis of faith here. So, obviously, things can't last. There's a, there's a boiling point that we're reaching quite quickly. The Huntsman tries to sway the crowd and seems unsuccessful, but when Toll is ordered to cut his and... Sarah's heads off. Uh, he cuts their chains instead and there's just a sudden uprising of all but two of the huntsmen so it didn't take them long to be convinced to overthrow their ice queen despot. Ravenna then starts to attack people and to be honest I'm not a fan of what I'm gonna call mirror Ravenna because instead of doing like what she was doing with Snow White before where she just kind of like dodged her attacks in this kind of like neo bullet timey way. Uh, she kind of just sends out stabby long spider legs of solidified black goo, which I don't necessarily get because like the mirror is all gold. The black goo was kind of a symptom of Ravenna's powers failing, like when she got hit by that axe when she was made of birds in the first movie. She came back and she was like an oil slick. So I, I feel like it's weird and also it's not that visually interesting. I kind of wanted to see her use more like mirror themed powers 
maybe just like kind of mind control people because that was a power that the mirror had been shown to have but she attacks them with her black creepy spider legs and freya shouts at her to stop and then puts up an ice wall to protect her children the huntsman and it seems like the sisters are finally ringing that bell it's go time so the huntsman and the huntsman are you following me all run off to like try and destroy the mirror they're like trying to climb the ice wall to get over it to where the mirror is meanwhile ravenna and freya go witcho a witcho and ravenna wastes no time in dropping some bombs because she says that she tried to make freya strong but freya is still weak and freya's like and how did you try and do that sister uh and then using the kind of mirror chant manages to compel ravenna to tell her or show her in a flashback the truth of what happened and to the surprise of no one ravenna discovered from the mirror that freya's child was going to be the fairest of them all so the pre-snow white snow white and so she's like no mirror you can't ask me to kill an innocent baby i can't do that and the mirror's like i'm not asking you to do anything i'm just a reflection of what you have already decided which is a sick burn for a mirror uh, but also kind of an interesting insight into ravenna that this idea of she is the force behind everything it's not some evil mirror that made her do it the mirror is evil because of her influence uh, so i don't really understand how possessing it made her very powerful although i guess if she's linked to it maybe it's like a kind of horcrux situation anywho turns out she cast a spell on merlin to make him go and set fire to his own baby which i can imagine would be quite difficult they don't seem like the most flammable things in the world children but clearly he did it uh freya then realizes that obviously ravenna is responsible for the worst thing that ever happened to her and they have a little bit of a magical fight which because of the black spider like goo it is not as impressive as it could have been like on the one hand you've got cool elsa from frozen ice powers on the other hand stabby gooey spider legs it's not that visually stunning but anywho freya manages to like grab ravenna in like a hug and starts to freeze her solid but ravenna stabs her through the chest with a spider leg so she goes down uh, it's now the huntsman's turn to fight ravenna and again the spider leg she's like firing spider leggy darts at him which feels a little bit cheap also the cgi doesn't look that great in this movie as it did in the first one I'm sensing budget cuts or maybe an overstretched budget given all the ice palace shit they had to do but they fight for a second and then freya holds her hand up and freezes the mirror which enables um the huntsman to shatter the metal and charlie's there and goes down like screaming and turns into a statue and falls apart so she's dead again uh, freya then dies but as she does so she kind of looks over to the side and sees herself as she was holding her daughter so it's kind of like she's reclaimed her humanity in these last moments hurrah no one cares all the couples get together the huntsman kisses the other huntsman the dwarves pair off because we were invested in that dwarf romance everyone's happy yay and then liam neeson is like but no story really ever ends and a gold bird kind of flies away like the gold birds that charlie's theron turned into at one point in that fight um which is like the one cool she did the cool thing she did which wasn't spider legs so there's a gold bird out there i don't know if they thought they were gonna get a third movie but we're in 2021 now so it's it's doubtful that they're gonna 
uh, wait like six years and then make one. Watch as they prove me wrong now. But yeah, I think we're safe. And that's the end of the movie. Um, I kind of like this movie and I kind of don't because a lot of the plot twists in it are incredibly obvious. You can see them coming from a mile off. But at least the story isn't just like the Snow White story. So it has that element of maybe different things could happen and surprise us, even if they don't in the end. Um, and it also has the amazing quality that I really like in a film where the main character is allowed to speak before 40 minutes into the movie. Uh, so in giving us like new characters like the Huntsman and Freya, we have these like interesting characters and plots without having to watch like Christian Stewart run around trying to be interesting for 40 minutes while she's not given any lines to say. So it succeeds on that score. It has a lot more fight scenes. This one feels a lot more like it was meant to be kind of one of those fantasy action movies as opposed to just like a retelling of a fairy story. Um, and it also feels like they got a lot of the criticism from the first movie and were like, okay, so we have this female protagonist who was meant to be in this battle, but we didn't actually have her do any fighting. So let's put a lady in this one that kicks people and has a bow and arrow. But I think something else that they've done is they've really changed Ravenna's perf like performance. Like Charlize Theron is, is acting differently. And I'm not sure if this is because she's meant to be like a different version of Ravenna, but I kind of like the original unhinged, desperate Ravenna more than this kind of very one-note evil Ravenna who's just saying evil things and being evil without seeming to have a lot of emotional drive behind that. It feels like all of the emotional interest is coming from Emily Blunt's character and even that is fairly simple because it's just about how her child dies and then she steals a bunch of children and then when they are in danger, she decides to step up and protect them. It, it doesn't really feel as complicated or interesting as the original backstory of Ravenna in the first movie. And the retconning of her background, like the fact that we just lose her brother, we lose how she came to have her powers. And it's just written off as like, oh, they're just a family of witches or something just isn't as rewarding or as deep and interesting as the first film. So although I really like Ravenna as a character and you'd think that I'd be like really excited to get more of her plus some extra witchiness from her sister, I don't really like this movie as much as the first one. Although this one does have a lot more like action, it has a lot more of those comedy moments because the Huntsman isn't like as grim and gritty anymore. But it also feels a little bit more juvenile, a little bit more action, adventure, comedy than it does an interesting movie which has a little bit more depth to it. So I was a little bit disappointed, but it is a fairly good watch. The performances are still really good and obviously it's a big budget movie, so it doesn't look too terrible. Uh, it just wasn't exactly what I wanted because it, I wanted more of the same and you can't really have that because... You have to retcon a bunch of stuff to make it happen. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't as satisfying as the uh, the original movie with Ravenna in it was. Let me know which one you prefer down in the comments. Like, are you a Snow White and the Huntsman fan? Or are you a The Huntsman Winter's War fan? Do you hate both movies? Do you love both movies? Why? Let me know. That sounded very like, more on this at 11. But there will be no more on this at 11. Like, don't check back at 11. 
in the meantime, <laughs> you can listen to another episode. There are a lot out there. Or I'll see you in the next one.